get ready to sing. treasure. God knows me. God hears me. God is my comfort. I am His and there's nothing better. Forgiven and chosen forever.
Your word is stronger We've overcome Your glory resounds through the age All saints declaring Your great renown your kingdom forever will stand We won't be shaken We will not be Our God Almighty warrior Your all-consuming fire In victory you reign We triumph in your name Jesus the great commander you conquer death forever In victory you reign We triumph in your name Your glory resounds to the end All saints declaring your great renown Your kingdom forever will stand We won't be shaken, no We will not fear Our God, almighty warrior Your all-consuming fire In victory you reign We triumph in your name Jesus, the great commander, you conquer death forever. In victory you reign, we triumph in your name. And we declare your name is power, exalted one, your name.
may be seated. Great, um, great chorus and verse, and so uh, just good to worship the Lord. So everybody hear me okay? Yeah. All right, good. Uh, so we're going to go uh, to the Lord in prayer at this time. So um, I, have a, I have one that's here, um, uh, prayers, uh, uh, PTL. It's always good to start with a PTL, uh, praise the Lord, in case you're figuring out what is that acronym, um, uh, is uh, for Joanna, uh, thank you for prayers, tests are all negative. So praise the Lord, there we go. We thank you for that. Continue to pray for, for Lou for healing, and um, also we're just, um, uh, I, I just thank God for, for the seeds that were planted this week in Vacation Bible School. So thanks to Kate and the whole team there, all right? So that's awesome. And I want a, 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 um, a praise for our AV team. Um, you, you guys have no clue. Um, but there are times where everything is checked off and it seems like everything is good and then something doesn't work. And it's happened more times than we care to know. Um, but man, they jumped in and just really made it happen uh, so, um, to just help the worship. So um, they, get, they don't get um, uh, thanked enough. And so thank God for their gifts and, um, and all that kind of good stuff. So thank you guys. Awesome. All right. All right, let's, let's just go to Lord in prayer now. God, I just give you praise for who you are. We ask for prayer um, right now for those like Lou and others who are needing healing at this moment. Um, I thank you, God, for, um, for just you answering the prayers um, for Joanna um, and this, all those tests are negative. And um, God, we just, we just are glad that you are still the great physician and still answer. You still make house calls. Um, and so we give you praise for that. For um, those kids who were here this week, um, that you, God, you are just beginning to flourish in their, um, in their growth and in their faith. And boy, do we need that in our world. And so for that and for our AV team, for everybody who, uh, who gives their, their hearts and lives, we give you praise. Um, as we were reminded in that last song, no one is beside you, and um, you are holy. And for that, we give you praise and honor and glory. So God, take this time, make it happen, rock it out, and uh, you do what you want. Um, we're talking about emotions, and so God, I just know that um, many of us have those in, in different ways. Some of us try to cram them down, some of them try to lift it up, but God, you gave them to us for a reason. And so um, as we talk about um, the, the topic today, God, I just, I just pray that you will go ahead and just touch someone's life and just uh, speak to them, uh, even in those who may not even be in this room, but those who are, who are out there um, in the sound of my voice and may get it a year from now. God, I, I just pray for that person who um, doesn't know why they're here, doesn't know why they're listening at this moment, but God, you have something in store for them. For that and all things, I give you all the praise, honor, and glory as we come together in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Um, couple of our uh, announcements here um, this week. We have a couple of different things that I want to touch on. We are in week two of our, um, our My um, Emotions uh, series. A um, couple of things that I do want to touch on. Youth group is meeting. I know today um, they are going to go ape, right? So, um, so that's going to be fun for them. A um, couple other things. Parish Foundation, 
we need 15 more as of this morning. Right now, um, we, that you've taken care of almost 60 bags, so we need 15 more, um, and so um, which I believe is 45. Correct? We're the math teachers here. Help me out. Um, but um, they're needed for next week, and they should be dropped off at the Parish Foundation next week between 4 and 4.15. And thank you. I have no doubt you'll meet that need. You, everybody always does in this place, and it's awesome. And it's at the Family Education Center, um, 200 Road B in Hollingsworth Manor. Um, the other couple things, we always mention that, but I want you to keep in mind as we move to the fall. The fall tends to be one of those areas where people go, Oh, wow, the, uh, the weather's different. Um, it's going to start changing. It's going to start getting darker eventually, and i got to be in the house with these people. Um, and so all the, all the stuff that you were able to escape for a whole summer um, come back with vengeance. Um, so, uh, and, and many people just, you know, there's a lot of, lot of um, issues and other kinds of things. So um, one of the things that we want to mention is that we do have our Stephen ministry. If you're facing any crisis or just need somebody to work through things, um, Grief Share is going to begin Monday, August 9th, which is tomorrow, and will continue through the 8th. Um, you can connect in on any time. It's on Zoom, but it's also in person here. And one of the things that we all know is grief hits us in different ways. At different times, it doesn't wait for a series to start. So you can plug in at any time, but we, we hope that if you are, are dealing or are looking at grief that you can plug in um, and connect with that right away. Um, it's, one, it's one of the things that uh, the church has done that I've never heard anybody say, oh, wow, I'm sorry I did that. Everybody is really glad and um, thrilled. People inside the church and people from outside the church. So if you know somebody who's dealing with grief and struggling with some of those things, Go ahead and, t- and tell them to come here it's, um, and let them know about it, all right? Also, um, as we're getting ready for the back-to-school uh, deals and shopping, um, in a couple months we will be doing Operation Christmas Child again, and um, so we're going to be collecting the school supplies for that now. It would be a good time. So if you're out and you want to go ahead and get some extra school supplies, we will go ahead and make sure that happens, okay? Um, again, if you, if you didn't get a hard copy or you don't like the hard copy bulletin, we do have the QR code up there. Go ahead. You can take out your smartphone. Um, our smartphone phones are making us dumber, um, but you can go ahead, you bring up your camera, you just hold down on the screen on the QR code, and it'll open to the bulletin, right? You guys like that? Don't care? All right, doesn't matter. Okay, so um, we're going we're gonna to start today. Um, we're going to start with a topic today um, called anxiety as an emotion, all right? So who want, who's ready for a confession from the pastor. Anybody want a confession? You guys like that, don't you? Because it makes you feel like you're not so bad, right? You're like, that guy's a mess, and he's up there. Um, so uh, here's a couple things I want to tell you. Number one, I know Jesus. I know him pretty well, all right? Um, second, second is I love Jesus, okay? Um, and the third thing is I'm not perfect. I'll let that settle in for a bit. Um, I'm not perfect, but one of the things is I do my best to follow Jesus, I do my best to try to follow him, and then um, I'm thankful for his forgiveness. So I know that's how I, I know him. But, and they, you ever, I saw a video in church one time. It was always uh, pay attention when there's a big but, okay, right there. So um, here's the big but for you here today. I battle, over, uh, I battle with overwhelming feelings of anxiety, okay? I know Jesus, love Jesus. Um, do faithfully try to serve him, but yet I do have this part of me that deals with anxiety. Anybody else kind of feel like you're in that, in that realm? Okay. Um, and so I don't know how, and I, I, the other part of that is I wish I didn't. Um, for those of you who are like, anxiety, what's that? Oh, that's what I give to everybody else because I just say something and go on. For those of you, this is the part where I have, I know you're not supposed to envy, but I envy that gift at some level. Um, but I don't know how anxiety 
hits you or it doesn't hit you, but I would say that over this last year plus um, that uh, it has been a very complicated season. Um, and I, f- I find myself at times, um, I, I don't sleep much anyway, but I find myself uh, waking up at different times. Um, often within my mind, I am either locked in on some situation or I am bouncing around at a billion different situations. Anybody there? Um, and I could be dead asleep and pop right up, and then I start. Like, it's the first thing in my mind. Um, it's usually never like, oh, look at the daisies. It's not something easy like that. It is something that is, that is always something that's there. Um, at times, I will find myself um, fighting to catch my breath. You know, just like, like almost like, wow, and that kind of panic hits you. Um, or feeling a huge weight or pressure on my chest or pounding in my head and just trying to find some way to calm my spirit. Um, and just overwhelmed with a sense of anxiety or panic. Um, and so if, if you relate to that, um, you're going to be like, okay, I got this. Um, I, 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 this is something I need to hear. So now keep in mind, though, a couple things I shared before that, because now you're like, wow, he's an anxious mess. Um, I do know Jesus. Amen. I love Jesus. I want to do my best, and I try my best to serve him. And I don't like that I have this part about me, but I do battle, even as a pastor, um, with a very real sense of anxiety. And for those, I, um, I heard this said, um, for those of you who suffer with anxiety, um, you're not alone. There's someone right behind you. Yep. Get it? <laughs> Get it right behind you? Okay, sorry. Um, all right, I thought that was funny. I'm going to go for it, but... Did you get it? Someone's right behind you. You guys are slow today. Okay. Um, so some may be able to relate to, the, to what, I, what I was saying. Um, and more, uh, more over the past year or so, it seems like it's, it's, didn't 2020 seem like the longest year in history? Like it was like 17 years and one. Um, but, um, and I think that 2020 will eventually become an adjective. Like somebody will say, oh, don't, don't be 2020 in me. You know, I mean, oh, you're going to pull that 2020 stuff on? I think because it was so filled with just blah, okay? And I think that's where some people are at. But it's been a crazy season regardless. And there's no wonder why people are so anxious. Um, I mean, think about, think about what happened. Um, we had a, let's, let's call it the obvious. We had a mysterious virus that spread like wildfire. Um, it shut down the entire world. Uh, disrupted everything that we know as normal. Matter of fact, we have to come up with a new term, the new normal, all right? Um, and, and now, when we're kind of getting back, now we're all scared again because now we have the Delta variant, which is more contagious and more deadly to young people and more this and more that, right? Okay. Uh, that's what they say. So there's, there's been massive economic fears. There's been, don't forget the racial tension that we've had um, and displayed. There's been political divisions. There's been uh, news and arguments over biased news. And then a bunch of you were freaked out on your, and posted your conspiracy theories um, all over the place, right? You know who you are. Um, uh, it's no wonder that people feel anxious and lonely and unsettled and searching for something that feels normal and something that feels calm and peaceful. There was an article in the National Center for Health it, it, what it did, it contrasted the emotional states of people from July of 2019 compared to that of 2020 and what difference one year made. In July of 2019, 8.2% of adults showed signs of an anxiety disorder. Okay? Um, 
in July 2020. You ready for this? 36% showed signs of an anxiety disorder. That's a lot. Now, I will tell you, it is changing. It's coming down. But here we go. This year, we have gone down to 26%. We are still double-digit in there. So in this message called My Emotions, we are going to be looking at, we have been looking at some of the emotions um, in life, but looking at how Jesus had these emotions and how he reacted and expressed and displayed those. And so this week, we are going to talk about, as you already know, anxiety. So I want to acknowledge something, though. I want to acknowledge that anxiety is very, very complicated. Very, very complicated. Because anxiety can be addressed in many different ways. We know that by being created in the image of God that we are created body, soul, and spirit. So we're a triune being. And so um, anxiety seems to affect all those different areas. Anxiety can be treated in a physiological way. Uh, point that there's a chemical imbalance. It can be treated uh, and get, be affected as an emotional uh, connection. It can be a situational happening, and it can also be spiritual as well, spiritual anxiety. Let me ask you a question. Has anybody had, ever had an experience with church or Christians that made you anxious? Mm-hmm. Correct. Correct. There are some, and you see how many, sometimes you may have seen somebody come and you're like, oh, not that one. You know what I mean? As you just get anxious and you see them in like the store and you go to the next aisle and you like kind of peek around to make sure they're not there and then you go the other way. Okay, so you get that. There can be a spiritual part, or you may have had somebody who was a Sunday school teacher or something that, um, that looked like they should have been a, a drill sergeant, you know what I mean? For, and they're talking to three-year-olds, and they're, they're giving them complexes and making them anxious that when it comes time for snack time, they think they're going to be poisoned. They don't know. I'm saying that anxiety can be done in all these different areas. So, so what I want to kind of do is recognize the, whole, the holistic approach, meaning that we address all those different areas. And so, so in this process, if you're struggling with something, you may need to deal with it from a physiological, biological standpoint, and you may need to go see a medical doctor. And you may need to go ahead, because there's a chemical imbalance, that even though you're fearfully and wonderfully made, we are in a fallen world and things happen. And so you may need some, um, some help, whether it's a uh, suggestion with things like diets and supplements and maybe even medication that can help you um, with anxiety. Or you may need to deal with it in an emotional or a situational where you need to go speak to a counselor and to work with that and to deal with your anxiety. But what I, I feel that I am uh, qualified and I want to speak about is the spiritual aspect of anxiety. And so, um, but again, do not just deny that everything is done by by this way, uh, you know, just by spiritually, that we are created in a three-way manner. I believe God can affect the spiritual and bring healing to the physiological and to the emotional, but I do believe that it also comes with the, uh, the medical staff and the counselors that we do have in our world. So um, today what I want to do is I want to talk about how Jesus dealt with anxiety. And when we look at anxiety, one of, one of the things that comes about when we talk about anxiety from a spiritual point, for Christians, we ask the question, if I have anxiety, or if I'm dealing with uh, being so anxious that I'm, that I'm nervous or, or that I have uh, many different issues, um, did I fail God? Or do I fail God in that? Um, or am I letting God down? Or am I not living by faith in that? And then the big question is this, is it a sin to be anxious? And, and for some people, there's been people say, oh, well, if you're dealing with that, it's just a sin. 
The clear answer is I'm going to tell you this. It is not a sin to deal with anxiety. It is not a sin. Anxiety is like anger. And next week, that's going to be our topic, anger. We're going to talk about angry like Jesus. All right? um, so it, the scripture says, in your anger, do not sin. Notice that anger is not the sin. But anger can lead to sin. With me? Okay. So um, just like anger, anxiety can and often does lead to sin because we want to make it go away. Anybody who's ever dealt with anxiety, don't you want it to go away? Like that moment, you want to get rid of it. And often we do things to get rid of the anxiety that all it does is create more anxiety. Because you go ahead and you approach and you try to do something, and then it just makes things worse. It's, it's like putting out a fire and then hitting it with a blanket, and the blanket ignites. And then you're like, uh-oh, and then the wall ignites, and, and on and on and on. That's kind of what we, we, we deal with. So um, feeling anxiety in a moment or dealing with anxiety does not mean that you let God down. In fact, in obs- Jesus, in observing what he went through, as he looked toward the suffering, death, and crucifixion, the price that he would pay to give uh, his life for us on the cross, Jesus dealt with anxiety himself. So today I want to look specifically how Jesus responded. Whenever Jesus felt anguish, you know what he did. Anybody know what he did? Okay. That's, that's one step. You're jumping ahead here. That's good. You guys are good. Um, but you know what he did? He talked. He does what every teenage girl does. Goes and talks like somebody. Oh, let me tell you. You know, right? Correct. They go and talk, and 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 they go. They talk to other people and different things. So whenever he felt anxious, he spoke at it. He talked back. And what I want to look about is how he wrestled with and overcame anxiety. And I'm going to show you three different things uh, how Jesus talked. And we're going to use Mark chapter 14. Look at Mark chapter 14. So if you have, want to open your Bible, you can go there. If you have your app, you want to go there. Or you want to follow on the screen or bulletin, that's awesome too. So how do I find relief from anxiety in the Jesus way? The first thing Jesus does, and you may want to do, remember I said he talked, and we're going to talk about three different ways. Jesus talked to his friends. He talked to his friends. So whenever you are feeling overwhelmed, anxious, that there is a weight or a heaviness on your life, it is wise to talk to your godly, spiritual, helpful friends. In order to talk to godly, spiritual friends, guess what you need to do? Have them. Okay? So, and, and I, mean, I mean real godly, spiritual friends. Ones that are those that, that, you, you don't, that you feel like I talked about several weeks ago, where you could go to them and you could say something to them they aren't going to be shocked. They may get after you and may hold you accountable, but they're going to love you, all right? Um, those are the ones that you need, and they're going to take a biblical worldview of this. The context of this conversation in Mark 14, let me share with you. This was after the Last Supper, and he was in his small group, which was his disciples. Uh, Judas, one of the 12, um, left because he was going to go ahead and betray, betray Jesus, and just imagine Jesus knowing what was going to happen. Imagine the hurt as he watched Judas go out, one of his hand-picked friends, watch him go out and said to him, go and do, what you, and do what you must do quickly, knowing what that meant, the hurt that was there, and the anxiety knowing what was coming in the future. So this is what Jesus is dealing with. 
So what does he do? He decides to go to the Garden of Gethsemane. He takes three of his buddies with him, the inner circle, the ones who are close to him. And uh, the place that, where they went is called the Garden of Gethsemane. Okay, so he went there. And in Mark 14.32, you can see the verse here up on the screen. And it says, the place they went to, it tells us, um, was the Garden of Gethsemane. And the Garden of Gethsemane is a place that has olive trees in it. Um, some of them are thousands of years old. Um, and um, and so, so what was really cool when, we went, when I've been to Israel, in going through the Garden of Gethsemane, you know that some of these trees were here on the night in which Jesus and his disciples were there, okay? Um, just kind of a cool thing, I think. Because um, a lot of times in Israel, you will go to a place and they'll go ahead and say, wow, and this is awesome, and this, this, but this ain't the site. And you're like, okay, well, where is it? I don't know. But, you know and so, but this is the site. They know where the Garden of Gethsemane is. So Jesus is here, and look what he says. He says, um, he says sit here while I pray. And then he took Peter, James, and John, the three of them, along with him, and he began to be distressed and troubled. Okay? Distressed and troubled. Um, anybody ever been there? Distressed and troubled. The Son of God, Jesus, who was perfect and never sinned, so this cho- shows you right here, anxiety is not a sin, because Jesus is perfect, but he is distressed and troubled in this moment. I love what the message version says of um, verse 33, where it says, he plunged into a sinkhole of dreadful agony. That's deep. That is a deep wave of anxiety where you plunge into a sinkhole of dreadful, um, of dreadful agony. Anybody ever felt like you've been in a place like that? That just in life, that's where you are, that, that the sinkhole of your heart that's beating and you're trying to catch your breath and you feel like you're sinking more. And Jesus sank into this sinkhole of dreadful agony. So why did he do this? Why did he do this? Jesus is God in the flesh, which around Christmas time we recognize him as Emmanuel, which means God with us. He knew the horror of what was coming. Even though he was completely innocent, he was going to be arrested, he was going to be tortured, and die death by crucifixion. He had seen that. He knew what that was about. Extremely painful, and maybe uh, many scholars have believed this is one of, one of the most cruelest ways to die because it brought you to the point of death without killing you until they were done with you. And he, he was going to be completely stripped naked and humiliated in this death for something he didn't even do. And, and we think about that, and even worse, he was perfect. He was sinless. And he was about to become sin on our behalf, the sacrifice for our sin. He never sinned, and he always enjoyed perfect union and fellowship with God the Father. Always that intertwined nature. Until he took on sin on our behalf, and by taking on that sin, God the Father... See, see let, me just, let me just share this, what happens. God the Father does this. God the Father left. And you're like, well, wait a second, what, what? Let me just show you this. God is all good, right? It's a, you've been a part of church that says God is good. All the time. All right, so, so that, that good is God, everything God in God is good and perfect and wonderful. Sin is not good. It is missing the mark. Now, that's a heavy, weighty term, but all it means is just missing the mark of what God intended. And so before you start picking things out, look around the room. Scripture tells us everybody in here sinned, and 
fallen off what God intended for us. So we're all in the same sin boat. What Jesus did is he took all those sins before, took all the ones that were being committed at the time, and all the ones that you have already done um, now, and all the ones that you're going to do after you leave here today and, and in the future, and he took all that on himself. And by taking that, when God and, when God and sin are in the same place, something has to die. And let me tell you, it ain't God. So sin has to die. God created a sacrificial portion of that in the Old Testament, like for a brief amount of time. But by the time that was sacrificed, somebody was walking out, stubbed their toe, um, ran into somebody they didn't like, and was already sinning. Jesus became the once and all sacrifice. So to take all those sins for all of eternity and all the past on him, God could not be in the same place until Jesus gave up his life and died. And that's why we talk about, regardless of what PC people think, um, about, that's why we talk about the blood of Jesus. And what I mean is, a lot of people, and there's a lot of people in the church talking about, we shouldn't talk about the blood of Jesus. No, we should talk more about the blood of Jesus. Because it's without the blood of Jesus, you and I are in a different boat where we're all doomed to hell. Right? So, so God, so for the first time in his existence, which was always, Jesus is disconnected from the Father because of your and my sin. And he took that all upon himself. So imagine the anxiety that Jesus knew he was going to take upon himself. For instance, what did he take upon himself? Let's not just say, oh, sin, he lied, he did that. We like to take the little ones. But let's say this. Jesus took rape onto himself. Jesus took abuse onto himself. He took hatred. He took racism. He took violence. He took envy, he took lying, he took lust, he took murder, he took everything that you can turn on the TV news and see. He took all that on himself. And imagine for the first time in his life wondering what was going on. The one who never sinned became sin. Because of the holiness of God, God could not be in that place or look at it. And Jesus cried out to him, my God, my God. In other words, Daddy, where are you? Why have you turned away? Why have you forsaken me? In the middle of his sinkhole of emotional agony, knowing what he's going to face, Jesus decides to get really open and honest with his friends. Have you ever noticed this thing about Christians? Christians are really good liars. <laughs> Do you know that? They're really great liars. Like, for instance... How are you doing? Praise the Lord, I'm fine. It's like the PTL, like, talk. oh, praise the Lord, I'm fine. Or, glory to God, I'm great. It's like, it's like that little, like, Christianese kind of gives you a chance at the verse to collect yourself and not go, oh, I'm a mess. You know, it just gives you that kind of thing to do. And even if you're not faking it, say, how are you? I'm fine. I just keep on keeping on. Keep on trucking. I'm standing. My, my favorite one that I say to people is, I'm on this side of the dirt. You know, I mean, and, and people, don't, people go, what? And say, yeah, oh, okay. And then leave you alone. You know what I mean? Um, but why, when we watch Jesus in this, he's raw and completely transparent and honest with his friends. He says this. He says, guys, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. To the point of death. He, he's, he's got a Billy Ray Cyrus anxiety. I'm aching and I'm breaking in my heart and much in the inside. And he says, I don't know if I can survive this. 
This is Jesus. And he says this, okay, listen, I'm, 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 I'm overwhelmed to the point of death. And he said, just stay here with me. And just keep watch. Because I need you right now more than you can describe. I need you right now. Okay, just, just stay here with me. That's a whole other sermon, but let me tell you, sometimes the best, you ever get in situations where you can't say the right things to people? I'm going to tell you, sometimes the best thing you can do is just be present and pray. Just be present with that person. So he talked to his friends, and one of the biggest reasons why I believe there is so much anxiety in our culture today is that there is a lack of a real faith community. Now, I'm not saying, like, you're not part of a church that is a faith community. I'm saying you personally may not have intimate relationships within the body of Christ. There are so many who feel unsettled, scared to death, uh, vulnerable to the latest rumor and the bad news. So many are lacking godly, encouraging, uplifting, spiritual building community in the body of Christ in the church. And my guess is, after the last year or so that we've had, it is going to take years upon years to discover what quarantine, social distancing, isolation, and everything else has done to the emotional and spiritual psyches of a whole generation. From the beginning of the Bible, which is Genesis as we have it here, God tells us it is not good to be isolated. He looked at Adam and said, he created all this stuff and he said, it's good, it's good. He said, something's missing. Oh, I know. It is not good for him to be alone. It's not good for him to be alone. I don't know about you, but a lot of times when I deal with anxiety, I want to be left alone. I want to get by myself. I don't want to talk to anybody. Anybody else in there? You know what God tells me? Jack, it's not good for you to be alone. It's not good for you to be alone and to deal with that alone. And, and, and I, ne- I always think I'm never alone because of all the talking I'm doing in my head. Um, but uh, um, I'm not. And so... Um, But let's look at Jesus. Jesus is the incarnation. He is God with us. He is Emmanuel. And God showed us his love, not from distant on heaven, but he came down to earth to show the full extent of his love. He came to be God with us. He can still be God removed from us. He was. And created a way. God created Adam and Eve to have fellowship, to be with them. Sin separated that, so God made a way, tried to make a way in the Old Testament or the Hebrew covenant to go ahead and bridge that gap until Jesus came, and now he did that, and it's the way to the Father. So when we say Jesus is the only way to the Father, we're not being restrictive. We're just telling the truth because the truth is no one comes to the Father except through him because he's the only one who is able to pay that price that we created in sin. Okay. Um, you can't be good enough. You can't attend church enough. You can't go ahead and, and do philanthropic things enough. Um, the one thing you can do is say, hey, I missed the mark and I need Jesus. And he's the only bridge to the Father. So what Jesus displayed to us and what God continues to do, even when Jesus left, he said, whoa, 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 daddy, we can't leave him alone. You saw these guys I hung out with the last three years? We definitely can't leave them alone. And he said, you know what? The Father said, I'm going to send another counselor to be with you the Holy Spirit. And the term, one of the things is, uh, terms for the Holy Spirit is the parakletos in Greek. And it means one who comes alongside you. So, so God is still with us here. What God showed us is the power of with. The body of Christ needs to embrace more than ever the power of with. 
I, I think that's why when, when I've seen people who have come back to church since everything went wild over the last year, there's a lot of people who said, you know, I've been watching, if I had a dollar for everything, so many people said, you know, I've been watching online, but it's just not the same. I've been, I've been paying attention online, but I just miss seeing people. I miss being in the body of Christ. Oh, it's great to have that, but I just, it's not the same. It's not the same. And, and I believe that. There's something about the presence of God being with us and with his people. There's a power of the with. That's why the scripture says, do not give on the habit of meeting together as some have. Because God knew that if we are the body of Christ, if you cut all the parts out and spread them out, you don't have a very good functioning body. And so I believe that over, over years, the church has been you know, functioning disjointed from denominational and ideology. And I think the last year helped many of us go ahead and, and spread apart the body even more based off of individual situations. And yet there's something missing in us, and it's creating anxiety. And what the anxiety is, we are not a body that is connected together. And we need the power of with. For example, um, like I've had people say, send me prayer requests and say something and say, hey, will you pray for me this week? I have so-and-so. I've had people that come up and say, hey, this week I'm dealing with this. Will you pray for me? I say, sure, no problem. And you need to know that when you do say that, that I do pray for you. Okay, you are prayed for. But there is something different about when somebody says, uh, will, you, will you pray for me? And then that person responds, yes, but let me pray with you. Amen. At that moment, when someone is praying with you, it is powerful. So, I mean, think about it. I remember in a youth group when I was younger, we would get together and we would do, um, we would uh, hold hands and do the prayer, you know. Now we don't know what to do. We're like, elbow up or whatever we do. And we used to hold hands and the, uh, the lead, one of the leaders would start the prayer. And then you were just supposed to squeeze the hand next to you when you were done. And, you know, it was, for, for teenage kids, it was like break dancing because we go, thank you. Hand, 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 hand. And the other uh, leader would go, okay, thank you, God. You know, it would do that. But there was something powerful about joining together and praying with each other rather than for people. Jesus, the sinless son of God, in this sinkhole of despair, says to his friends, I need you. And I can see him saying, you know what, hey, you know, right now I just need you here and I need you to pray with me, come on. Grabbing hands and Jesus probably started and before he knew it, it came back to him. And I'll squeeze the hands and got back there. And then, and then Jesus kind of walked off a little bit to go ahead and pray, for himself, pray, pray by himself and get with his dad. So he talks to them and he says, guys, this is crushing me. I don't know if I can make it through this. Would you guys just sit here close to me, and will you pray with me? Because my soul's overwhelmed. It feels like I can't make it. Please, please do this for me. So the first thing you can do is do what Jesus did, and you can talk to some godly friends. Talk to your friends. Okay, number two, you guys got this one right, right about. We jump right there. Um, he talked to his father. He prayed. Okay, when he was dealing with this, he prayed. Not just your earthly father, but also to... Um, to pray to his heavenly father. And I can tell you over the last several months, one of the things that has been the most trying for me is I've had moments that I just wish I could talk to my dad here. You know, my, not, I, you know I'm, I'm talking to my heavenly father, but I just miss talking to my daddy. You know what I mean? Because um, he always had the perfect thing to say. 
Um, I didn't think so when I was in trouble, but he did. All right. Um, so how many of you, I thought, I thought of this, how many of you, um, when you get in the car and you're driving somewhere and that little red check engine light comes on, you go, oh, what the heck's going on right away? Like, does it create some anxiety? Oh, man. Like, particularly after you went, if you had it in the shop and you take it out and then it comes back on like a couple days later and you're like, oh, man, what, what, what am I going to do? And how many of you, like, when I first had a decent car that did the, that showed me when the tire pressure was low and had that little circle with an exclamation point, I'm like, what is that? You know, I was like, oh, my gosh, I bought a lemon. You, you know, but then I realized, oh, I got a nicer car now, and it tells me things. Um, so, uh, you know, and I'm going through the book and searching online what's, what's going on there. But that's, that's some of the things um, that, uh, that we deal with. So it does create anxiety a lot of times. And I said, okay, what is that check engine light? You know, the check engine light, um, what, is it, what does that little light mean? And what it means, it's an indicator, it's not the problem. Okay, so when that light comes on, it's telling me there's a problem in your engine. I don't know what it is, but it's like, boom, there is a problem. So it's actually a good thing, correct? That lets you know, because remember the days before you, you didn't know until it broke down? All right, um, and, and how many of you remember the days of the catalytic converters that smelled like rotten eggs? Okay, now you got those sensors, they tell you right away, Ch- check engine light comes on. So you have these things that are like warning symbols. The lights is a signal that there is something wrong in the working and machinery. So you, if you're smart, take it to a mechanic. Or if you're gifted, you f- take care of it yourself. So what is anxiety? Anxiety is a signal alerting you that it's time to pray. It's time to take what is on your mind and on your heart to God. Philippians, it says, Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and petition, take your request to God. In everything, um, you should pray. In every situation, we should pray. Um, listen, I love, I love the statement here. If it's big enough to worry about, then it's big enough to pray about. I'm going to say that again, because you didn't hear that enough. If it's big enough to worry about... Anybody worry about anything lately? Then it's big enough to pray about. So whatever's on your mind is on God's heart. Take it to God. If you're worried about your marriage, pray about your marriage. If you're worried about the economy, pray about the economy. If you're worried about your job, pray about your job. If you're worried about a decision you have to make, pray about those decisions. If you're worried about your kids, pray for your kids. If you're worried about your life and future stability, pray about it. If it's on your mind, it's on God's heart. If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. So what is anxiety? It's that little signal. It's the check engine light saying, oh, time to go get right with the manufacturer, um, the mechanic. In Mark 14, 35, it says, going a little further, he, Jesus, fell to the ground. And what did Jesus do? He prayed. He cried out to God. That if it's possible, this, that this hour might pass. Like, he's at this point. He's in the sinkhole of despair. He, he's told his friends, I just need you to stay awake and be here and know that you're here and I need you to pray with me. He goes a little bit further. He collapses to the ground and he says, Daddy, Daddy, if you can just do something different, please do it. Please do it. He said, Daddy, I know everything's possible for you. Take this cup from me. Please. Please. 
I don't want to suffer this way. Now, we get all confused because we say, we read where, for the joy set before him, he, took the gro- he endured the cross, scorning his shame. The joy wasn't what he was going to go through. The joy was that he was bringing us back to the Father. And so Jesus is in agony, and he knows what's going to happen. It wasn't easy for him. And yet he says, Daddy, just please. He's talking. He's crying out to his Father. And here's what I love about this prayer. It is just so raw and honest. And it wasn't just a memorized thing that was thrown in. And, you know, I I wrestle with this all the time because I think it's great that we teach our our children to pray and we teach them things. But um, I'm I'm always amazed by the first prayer that most people teach their kids. It's terrifying. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. We're teaching that to three-year-olds. Who did that? Okay, so I'm going to sleep. No kid wants to go to sleep anyway at three or four. And we say, uh, Lord, um, hey, watch my soul. Hey, what's a soul? Just go with it, kid. Um, and, um, it, oh, by the way, you're going to sleep. It's going to be good. Mom, mommy and daddy are right out here. Um, if I should die before I wake, I'm going to die. I'm three years old. We are already giving anxiety to a kid right away. And then we say, um, um, I, I pray that you take my soul because, hey, it's like there's a, when I'm asleep, I guess there's a bidding war and I'd rather be with Jesus than going to hell. You're putting a kid to bed like that. And Jesus isn't doing any of that thing. Who came up with that? Somebody's demented, right? Um, Jesus doesn't just go, God is great, God is good. He doesn't even go into the pattern that he said, our Father who art in heaven. He didn't even go to that. And those are all good in their way. But what does he do? He cries from the depths of his soul. And that's what God wanted from him. And that's what God wants for you and me. Peter said this, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. That word cast, I looked it up. We're jamming. There you go. All right. Um, Cast, the term of casting cares, the, the specific term that is used here means you take it and you throw it. Anybody ever seen the Seattle, like pictures of the Seattle fish market? Like where somebody grabs one of them big old fish and what do they do? Toss it and that person catches it and what do they do? Toss it right away. The term here is not only that tossing, but it's immediate. You get it, you go. The goal that we should have, according to the scripture here, is that when we get this fish of anxiety, we don't go, what am I going to do with it? How do I do We, here it is, God. He wants us to cast our cares right away on, on the Lord. And so that's um, where Peter takes us here. I don't know how, and I don't know what, and I don't know if I can take this anymore, is where Jesus is saying. It's where some of you have been. I've been in some situations lately, and I'm just like, I can't take. I've literally said, I cannot take anymore. And the next day, something more happens. And me personally, I can't. I can't. But God can. God would rather you be honest and dump everything on him than just to fake it and walk away. He's big enough to handle the hurt that's in your soul. He knows it already. So cast it on him. Here you go, God. Here's another one. Oh, God, this came my way. 
Because as I see, the stuff that causes anxiety in my life doesn't wait for me to get ready and, get, and, and doesn't appeal to me like, hi, I'm, I'm the anxiety of this. I'm coming to you today. Here I am. You know, it doesn't do that. It just goes boom and hits me. And so God says, take it and throw it on me. Um, so, so when we look at this, we see a couple things. There's something healing about talking to God when you're afraid, when you're doubting, when you don't understand, when you're upset at the way things are. He can handle your honesty. You can say, God, things are falling apart. And I'm really finding it hard right now to find you. But more importantly, I'm really having a hard time. I know who you are. I love you. But I'm having a hard time because of what's going on in my life, trusting you to do what's right. He's big enough for it. He said, God, I can't catch my breath. And God, why couldn't you just make it right this time? And I knew you could, but you didn't. Where are you? What's going on? Why are you allowing this to happen to me or to my, my, my family? And God, I'm trying to trust you, but man, this is difficult. Just be honest with him. Jesus says, hey, God, if, Daddy, if we could do it another way, you know, I'm good with it. My soul right now is crushed, and we haven't even got to the point, and I know what's coming. I don't like it. I'm just telling you, if there's any other way, I'm begging you, just do it. So what do you do when it's 3 a.m. in the morning and you can't sleep? And you wake up with your mind swirling or focused on one thing. And there's a shortness of breath and a heaviness in your heart. And you feel like the world is closing in on you. What do you do? You talk to some spiritual friends and love each other in the love of God. You experience God with others who know Jesus like you, who pray with you. And then you talk to your daddy. You talk to your father, honestly, from the heart. And the third thing, what do you do? What Jesus did, you talk to your feelings. Talk to your feelings. Um, does anybody else have, like, some kind of whacked out, jacked up, wayward feelings every now and then? Anybody? You just got to, like, feel like you're just, okay. All right. Um, like, sometimes you just say, you know what? I'm crazy sometimes. Okay. You know what people say? I'm going to tell you, uh, this is why you need uh, godly, biblically sound-based people that have a biblical worldview that you share with as friends. Because a lot of your friends will um, say things from a good heart perspective, but without knowing God the way uh, I hope you do or the way you, um, we need to, they will say, hey, you know, just follow your heart. You know, um, trust your feelings. Don't ever do that. If I followed my feelings by 12 noon today, I would be in jail. Because I got a long list. Okay? You know what I mean? You, you with me? I got a long list of people that I'm going Old Testament on, okay? Just to let you know. Um, and so... Um, you also need to recognize that God gave us feelings. That's why we're doing the series on emotions. And your, your feelings and emotions are not sin, but they can lead to that. But my feelings will always fail me. And so if you, you what, this is really important when we need to talk to our feelings, we need to say to our feelings, you don't get control of me. In other words, like my kids used to say to other people, 
or to, like their, their older siblings, you ain't the boss of me. <laughs> feelings, you ain't the boss of me. All right, so you got to get to that point. Your feelings are real and important, but your feelings are not always true. And I would dare say our feelings are mostly false Amen. because they're based in something else that, that's there. Um, we need to tell our feelings, no, you have no control of me. We need to speak truth to our feelings. And just because I feel does not mean that it is truth. In, Mark, in verse 36, Jesus said, Daddy, Abba, everything is possible for you. Don't you love that Jesus is reminding his dad what he can do? Anybody in your, in your anxiety or in your, your pit of despair ever said, now God, remember back in the Old Testament, remember when in the New Testament you did that? I know you can do it. Can you do it one more time? You know, I mean, we remind him, and Jesus is doing the same thing. I know that you can do this. I know what's coming, and I don't like it. I'm just telling you if there's another way. I, I, I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Take this cup from me. In other words, Jesus is saying, that's what I want. I want you to take this cup from me. But guess what? Did God the Father take the cup from Jesus? And we should all be thankful for that, that he did. Um, but he said, take this cup from me. And then he's going to tell his feelings. He's saying what he wants. He said, that's my feelings. This is what I feel. This is what I want. I'm in grief. I do something. Can you do something? But not my will, what you want. What did Jesus feel, and what do you feel like? He did not feel like suffering. He didn't say, whoo, oh, Judas is leaving? Let's go. I am ready to suffer. I cannot wait to be beaten. I cannot be, wait to be nailed to a cross. All oh, those crown of thorns, hallelujah. That's not what he's saying. He never said, I want to be rejected. I want to be abused. I want to be falsely accused. I want to be physically beaten. I want to be stripped of my clothes and hang naked and ashamed. I want uh, to pay the price for some crime that I didn't even do. I want to be misunderstood. I want to be despised. I want to feel the physical pain and the emotional distance from God. Woohoo! He never said that. We need to speak to our feelings and tell our feelings the truth. So whenever you start to feel like, well, maybe God doesn't love me, you say, oh, no, 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 no. For God so loved the world, God so loved me, that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him and knowing him will not perish but have everlasting life. Whenever you feel, I just feel like I'm alone and nobody cares. Oh, no, 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 no. You say, there are people around me, and God has put the right people around me. And as the word of God says, my God will never leave me and never forsake me. Whenever you start to worry about your finances, just tell yourself, no, he is Jehovah Jireh. He is my provider. He will meet all my needs according to his riches and glory. Whenever you feel like you just can't go on, tell your feelings, nope. I can do all things through the risen Christ who gives me strength. I am not a victim, but I am an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of my testimony. The question is, what did Jesus do with the anxiety? He talked to his friends, his spiritual support system, his small group. He talked to his father, and he cried out in reality of his soul. And he talked to his feelings. 
Some of us have to get our feelings in line. Some of us have been being led around by our feelings for years. We, we want to align with the truth. We need to tell it, you're not the boss of me. I'm leading you back. When your feelings are telling you one thing, lead your feelings back to your faith. The truth is, although I feel it, it may not always be true. What did Jesus do? Talk to his friends, talk to his father, and talk to his feelings. And guess what? It worked. It worked. Jesus entered the Garden of Gethsemane almost unable to stand. And when he left his friends, he fell. I mean, he went a little bit further and just collapsed. We know that he was in such agony that hemodidrosis happened. It's a condition that you're in such agony that the, that the blood vessels in your forehead, because of, of agony and ang- being anxious, the, the blood vessels break and they mix with the sweat and, and blood droplets fall to the ground. That's how much anxiety he was dealing with at that moment. And so... What did he do? He talked to his friends. He talked to his father. He talked to himself. And then when the, and to his feelings. Um, and then when the soldiers came to arrest him, and when they beat him mercifully, unmercifully, excuse me, and when he faced an unjust trial, and when he was executed with excruciating pain and shame and humiliation, what did he say? No one takes my life from me, but I freely lay it down. He was unwavering. He was strong. He was full of faith. He was determined, and he was unshakable. No one takes my life. I freely choose to lay it down. And when he was hanging on the cross, which he already said, he looked up to his father and said, Father, please forgive them. Now, you all better be glad that it wasn't Jack Cohen on that cross because I'd say, Daddy, get them suckers. (laughs) Wipe them all out. You know, I mean, I'm being honest. Anybody else going to say, Father, forgive them? I'm not at that point. I don't know that I ever will be. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And then he yelled the term I said last week, Tetelestai, it is finished. I did what you called me to do, Daddy. And into your hands I commit my spirit. Ultimately, is that the, the, what we all need to do is to recognize that whatever God is doing in our lives, that it will be finished and completed. And that ultimately, we just need to commit our lives into his hands. What Jesus did worked. So how do you deal with a list? How do you deal with anxiety? You, may, you talk to your friends, you may say, I've been talking to to Bill, I've been talking to Dan, I've been talking to, to uh, Mark, I've been talking to Jane, I've been talking to Sarah, I've been talking to them. There's, there's my spiritual support system. I've been talking to them and, and I've been praying with them. Um, I, I've, been, I've been talking to my counselor. I'm, I'm trying to, to work through my feelings and, and some of that point. So I'm, so I'm talking to my counselor and, and my emotions and trying to get there. And I've been talking to God. I've been really talking to God. I'm not just going to God and, and just doing my, my form prayer. I'm just, because I, I was thinking about this this week. One of the reasons why I really miss talking to my dad is that no matter what situation his life was in, no matter what he was dealing with, when I called, he answered. Now, if mom was home, he hit the speakerphone and he didn't get a word in edgewise, but... <laughs> True story. Um, but, but when I said, hey, I need to talk to you, he didn't say, no, deal with it. He said, no matter what I did, he listened to me. So whatever you're going through, 
Your daddy's ready to listen to you. And he wants to listen to you. Don't put on like everything's fine because your daddy, I know my kids better than they know themselves. I can tell when they're lying. I can tell when they've done something. I can, I can tell when something's going on because I would come in, I look at their face and say, what's up? Nothing. I'm like, yeah, right. Tell me what's up. Am I usually right? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right now, I see Yeah, yeah. All right. So, uh, so, but what I'm saying is, I know my kids. I know when something's off. I know when, when I'm attentive to it. And if I hear them yell, Daddy! I stop whatever I'm doing and I run to them. That's your, that's your daddy in heaven. You need to tell your feelings. You're not the boss of me. That the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives within you. That you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. In Philippians chapter 4, 6 and 7, as we wind this down, Paul said from a Roman prison, don't be anxious about anything. He was going to get his head beheaded. Don't be anxious about that. Don't be anxious about your future, about the decisions your child is making, about your relationships. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and watch this. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Who needs the peace of God? Because the peace of God will guard you. It's not your peace. It's the peace of God. It's not the peace that this world gives because the world can't give what it doesn't have. It is the peace of God. For me, over the last year and particularly the last several months, I've been dealing with, these thing, with so many things and just saying, God, where are you? And trusting the Lord. And I had outcomes and I had things that I wanted, uh, that I wanted to happen. And then I was, I was looking at it this week you know, we always want to be vindicated. We always want justice, don't we? I mean, that's what we kind of think about. But I'd say that if I, if I took a poll of people in this room, um, many of you have lived through things where you recognize that there, you didn't get justice the way you wanted, right? You didn't get vindicated. You weren't, you weren't freed from some situation. You weren't, you weren't said, oh, yeah, it's right, and we're good. And it goes back to, okay. And guess what? You're in good company. Neither did Jesus. Jesus paid for a price of something that he never did, accused of things he never did, died excruciating death, dealt with anxiety that was breaking him, begged his dad to take it away. What he wanted was God to come and say, nah, we're not doing this. But he said, not my will, but yours, because God knew that by his son going through those moments, that he would make all this happen. That through his, excuse Paul's language, light and momentary troubles, and I want to punch him in the face when he says that, <laughs> are achieving for us a greater glory that far outweighs them all. That's why Jesus could endure the cross, scorning its shame. Because even the crucifixion is a light and momentary trouble in the grand scheme of God's will. So, if you're feeling overwhelmed with anxiety, 
Let me tell you, there is no storm that our Savior can't say be still. And, he, and if he says you're going to the other side, you're going to get there. There's no obstacle that God can't overcome. There is no enemy that Jesus can't defeat. There is no heartache that God can't heal. You see, our strength is not in our might or our power. It's not in what others say or their perception of you. You know, because I can tell you, um, I've heard things about myself, which is something really funny. Um, and I've heard things about my kids. But I know my kids. I've known them since the day they were born. And I know their hearts. And I know that at times things don't always seem great and they don't seem fair and they don't seem right but when you know somebody then you truly know them I know my father I know my savior I know that the spirit that lives within me is true I know that he said in this world you will have trouble but he said take heart because those light momentary troubles it's, it's tough, but guess what? I've overcome the world. So immediately at the end, the finishing of Jesus happened because of the crucifixion and the struggles and the agony and the anxiety. That's why now, at the name of Jesus, all hell shudders. That's why, at the name of Jesus, no weapon formed against us will prosper. That's why at the name of Jesus, it does not matter what anybody thinks of you and me. I am a child of the King, forgiven and saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. And with that, with that, although anxiety comes and although we yell out and cry to God, take this cup from me, sometimes he doesn't take the cup because that cup is going to go ahead and share his spirit and love to so many others. So let's stand today and let's worship the Lord because often I don't like anxiety. I don't like pain. I don't like struggle. I don't like lies. I don't like mis uh, misconceptions. I like normal. Anybody like normal? I don't like the new normal. The new normal really stinks. But guess what? All things are the same in the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His name is Jesus. Father, we come to you today. We thank you that, that through all things, through our, our feelings, that they do fail us. But I thank you for our feelings because they are a signal, an indicator, a check engine light that we got to get to the manufacturer and talk to our daddy. And so God, right now, my check engine light has been on far too long. And I feel like I'm putting to the side of the road. But God, there is nothing broken that you can't fix. And so God, right now, I ask that you touch my heart and my life and the heart and life of so many people here. That what Satan has intended for evil, that God, you will use it to further your kingdom. That at the name of Jesus, the, the all of hell shudders. So God, for everybody here today, that you're dealing with some real things. I don't want to minimize your anxiety or any, any struggles at all but that you will know, that you will know that there is a God who loves you, that has your 
your best interest in his heart. Lord, for those who have never experienced your love, I ask that they, they may hear that there is a Savior, that they, they may have heard that the fact that, yes, we all are in the same boat of sin and separated from you. But because of your sacrifice that you freely laid down, that all people need to do is just say, hey, okay, Jesus, I accept you. In all my brokenness, make me new. Let me, let me be reconnected to God the Father in that love. And all of heaven's going to rejoice and all hell will shudder. We give you praise, Jesus, as, as you are each and every step of the way that sometimes you shake, you shake the earth. You shake us so that we can go ahead and, and see that you're doing a new thing. So God, do a new thing in us. Strengthen your church. Bring your body back together so that we can change this world for Jesus Christ. And in your name we pray. Amen.
Jesus. Amen. I pray this this week that no matter what comes your way, that anxiety is going to be there. And I had a counselor one time told me, it rises, but it will fall. And when as it falls, it'll fall faster when we, when we speak with our friends, our godly friends, and have them pray with us when we talk to our daddy. And then we talk to his feelings and give them the true word of God. Um, next week, we're going to talk about angry like Jesus. So if you, if you, anybody have a problem with anger? Anybody like to be angry sometimes? I mean, it gets rid of stuff. So we're going to talk about being angry like Jesus. Have a great week. God bless.